This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here. Thanks for being with us. This episode, we have a guest who has travelled and seen things that have sparked ideas, created connections, and led to him setting up a clothing company. Working with alpaca fibre and other natural materials, and the people of Peru. I'll be talking to Chris Cody of Paca Apparel. Based in Virginia, he spends time in Peru when pandemics permit, and is currently doing a road tour down the west coast from north to south with his two alpacas. Website and details of PACA, that's P-A-K-A, are in the show notes and on the website at alpacatribe.com. The latest release uses a unique material created from alpaca fibre and bamboo to create joggers. Check out the video on pacaapparel.com. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. And today we've got a special guest. We've got Chris Cody, who is with us all the way from Bend in Oregon. Yes, sir. And Chris, it's so good to have you on the on the call. And can I ask you a question, first of all, hey, which I start with for everybody? When did you meet your first alpaca, and how did it make you feel? The first time I really spent time with an alpaca it was when I had the first event for PACA and it was when we launched the Kickstarter the first day for this alpaca sweater that we'd created. And I got in contact with this um, local farmer out in Virginia who had alpacas and she brought them over to my university where I was staying um, to spread word and host this event. And we created basically this one of the most highly trafficked places um, where I went to school as this place to launch this event and for people to see the alpacas. And for me, this first experience just meant ultimate magnetism, ultimate positivity, watching someone turn around the corner and maybe they're worrying about, you know, X or home or whatever it was. And just watching their expression change illuminated this totally different part of my brain of seeing the power that this animal has, not in just the fiber, which I'd spent, you know, like years really working with down in Peru and developing these new fabrics, but it's essence alone and the power of it to really change where people are at in their own isolation of themselves in their own world and bring them out of that to a whole another kind of connection with an animal. And that was magical. And now I'm replicating that same strategy here um, and have purchased two alpacas myself recently so Excellent. so now not only have you got an enthusiasm for alpacas and done stuff with the the fiber which we'll come on to but you've actually got your own alpacas yes sir so i i, I know that was it instagram or somewhere i came across it where you were asking people to help you with naming them because yeah. they'd only just arrived and how, how did that go have you got names for them now it went extremely well i mean just i think the interaction with the community in terms of like personalizing the alpaca because that's what all of our clothing is made of now actually having the animal and, and really kind of creating this interface for people to have fun with, especially, you know, social and whatnot, has allowed for a totally different kind of engagement 
where people are getting to know the alpacas. So we called them, um, we had to pay homage to the Peruvian Quechua indigenous people that, first of all, they come from, right, in Peru, and um, that we work with to employ. So um, we called the white one, ended up calling her Chaska, C-H-A-S-K-A, which means star in um, Quechua. And she's a luminescent, she's so curious, she's hilarious, she's a little timid because she's so intelligent. And then the black one, they're both baby female yearlings. The black one's called Luna, um, which is like moon, moonlight down there. Um, so they're an incredible duo. They're, they're, they fulfill such different roles in the dynamic. And I've had them for about one month now. Wow. Oh, yeah. So you're an old hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's, need any wisdom a, from you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things that you, you kind of, you step off. And then suddenly you go, oh, okay, there's more to learn. There's more to learn. There's more to learn. You never stop. It goes on for years. There's, there's such fascinating animals. Um, and they've always got new things to, to be teaching you. So what, what was you're, in, the you're in for a great, for, for a great journey. Yeah. How has your, I mean, in terms of when you first got your first alpacas, how has your relationship yeah. with that creature, how would, you do, how would you change, how would you describe the evolution of their relationship? until now. Yeah. I, I think initially when we started with five pregnant females as a group and they were lovely, they weren't, they were used to kind of being in a very large group. So they kind of knew each other vaguely. Yep. And now there's the five of them all together and it's a new dynamic and it took, takes a bit of time for them to settle, but fairly quickly they, they get an idea of their environment and of the developer routine and the regular contact with them, with the feeding and and interacting with them and mm. giving them space, giving them time. They're happy to be close to you, but they don't want to be grabbed. <laughs> totally. So, totally. so it's just a question of little steps and building, building that over time and then recognizing what's normal for them in particular. Um, cause they've all got individual characteristics and, and personalities, as you've already said for yours. What's been um, the most so will, crazy step that you've seen an alpaca owner take in terms of like connect, like a relationship, like you talked about that woman that is really doing amazing work that you had on the podcast. Like what have you seen that has really blown your mind in terms of furthering that connection a human can have with an alpaca? Yeah. I, one of the people we went to see early on. Uh, a larger breeder and uh, she, she'd been on the podcast as well and it's going into the field and and you're in with all the animals and then some of them actually came over and were wanting to come up and have a, a nose to nose with with this with, with this lady without pellets and then they're, they're not being required to you know it's in, it's in the middle of a field they don't have to come anywhere near you but they came up and they actually came up to to, to this way and it's some in particular uh not all alpacas are going to get right. that friendly they they right. have a distance that they're comfortable with but they, they're quite happy to come close but they they're not necessarily wanting to be One. that that close i mean megan who's our firstborn in the valley here she's uh the first one that was born to us of the first um in the first summer when we had them and my wife has a really special relationship with Megan. And so if soon my wife goes in the field, Megan will come over deliberately. She will come over and they have a little talk and they have a little nose to nose. She doesn't want to be fussed and doesn't want to be smoothed or anything, but she's happy to be really close by. And she mm -hmm. gives 
<laughs> she goes through a good checking over to work out where she's been, have a, have a little sniff <laughs> and check her over. And it's just really friendly, but alka- alpaca style. So you you want them to be a dog? No, sorry, it's never going to happen. I know. They're not, you know. So it's on their terms. They're more like a cat than a, than a dog in that that respect. They will be friendly, but it's always going to be on their terms. Totally. So, no, they were just yeah, hanging out in the in the cabin that we're in, like this morning, like walking around. They had breakfast with us. Um, they're 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 really becoming comfortable with us um, as we experience different environments. And but I noticed so like. We put them out in like a full field and let them like fully roam for a couple of days and like do their own thing, rolling dirt, like just full on alpaca free roaming. And all of that that we'd established when we rounded them up again felt like their wild genetics were expressed again. And all of a sudden it was almost as if like all of that time that we'd spent hanging out with them they, it, it kind of flipped back to their wild side. And so now this morning they were chill for the most part again, but like I noticed if they are fully on their own in the wild, that's what they've evolved doing and it's what they're going to express. And it takes a serious amount of consistency to establish comfort with them. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But it, it just takes time. Little steps, build on on things, keep it all positive. Yeah, um, you know it's all it's all the kind of usual things that you when you're working with animals to to make them feel comfortable. Um, so yeah, d- definitely worth listening to the Marty McGee Bennett episodes that we're talking Rad. about training and handling and just getting you. So that's yeah. So hey, you mentioned something in passing, which some people wouldn't have necessarily picked up on. You mentioned Packer. Now, we're not talking about Alpaca. We're talking about Packer, which is the trading name of, of your business. Yes, sir. And the stuff the stuff that you've been doing. Um, you went down to Peru and spent some time down down there. When, when was that? Was that a while back? It was originally a year I took to travel through South America. And I was coming from Bolivia um, over to the West Coast. And, of course, you go through the Andes Mountains, which is where the Quechua people are. And I bought this hand-woven sweater come to find out it was made of alpaca from this local artisan and i just remember being blown away like what is this it's so soft it's so light and the rest of my trip like i would use it as a pillow on an overnight bus i would use it in the desert i was using on the beach and, the, and it worked in every environment which was just like amazing and then i got back to the u.s and every time i wore it people always came up and they wanted to know where it came from or like where they could get one even got people coming and stroking you <laughs> like I, i'm one of these alpacas so yeah which is hilarious because it's like it's 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 such a great way to build the, that same magnetism organically of like it just yeah. looks different. So, um, anyways, I realized that like people know cashmere in the U.S., but they don't really know alpaca. And there's this like the alpaca business from what I'd seen in my time in Cusco, um, Peru, was mainly targeted to fashion, like like high end um, like clothing for perhaps an older age woman that likes going to dinner parties and fluorescent colors and, you know, $300 something sweater. Whereas I was like blown away by the fiber in that it had evolved in this crazy climate, right? Where you, you freeze to death at night because it's up at 15,000 feet and then you burn it up during the day because the UV is so intense. And so for millions of years, the technology in that fiber in and of itself is so impressive. And um, I studied science and for me, that was really cool. 
And so, and not to mention the natural dyes, like the whole process that those people have developed in synergy with nature down there. So I flew back on a one way, didn't know anyone, didn't really speak even Spanish and just started traveling around Peru. Really lonely part of my life, to be honest. I didn't know anyone, you know, it was during my summer. So I just started going like to where any lead brought me, whether it was a alpaca farmer in the middle of nowhere or a woman's name handwritten on a sheet of paper in this local village. Like, and I started building a team of people um, where I would go over to their house in the morning and cook breakfast with their kids and work on prototypes for these sweaters that they were weaving. And by the end of the uh, summer, we'd come up with a few prototypes, got back to the U.S., built you know a simple e-commerce store out of my dorm room and started just shipping them out on Friday nights and whatever. And um, then I got a few artists, uh, well-known artists, repping the sweaters, and it started to kind of show me that it could be taken legitimately. And so we launched a Kickstarter the next summer, which uh, did it went viral and raised three hundred fifty thousand in thirty days organically, no paid advertising. Wow. Yeah, for once, what one sweater design which we'd poured so much, I poured so much time into, you know, the 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 the. Um, the fabric in and of itself. I mean, most times with, with clothing, you're given a swatch from a mill that to, that you can design out of. Whereas we went from the ground up and developing a new, you know, fabric and still where my head's at with development is innovating within um, the clothing industry itself. But then that allowed us to scale our team, to uh, employ over 30 women weavers down there and start really, um, as I was at college um, growing this. And now that I graduated last year, I'm going in full time to PACA and we're launching some really awesome campaigns right now with this 100% earth friendly fabric that we made joggers out of I'm wearing right now. And oh, uh, right. I've, I've, I've seen them online. They, they're great. They're on the, they're on the, on the website and look fantastic. Yeah. And there's a, there's a video, which you've obviously put a lot of love into Lots uh, of love. developing that as well. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that, that's really great. So all those, those links will be available in the, in the show notes. I was, the whole point of that video is just to get people thinking about where their things come from. I mean, I'm blown away still by the fact that two thirds of all clothing made right now is plastic. Which is crazy because plastic's made from petroleum, right? Which is oil. So like two-thirds of people on the planet right now are wearing oil. And like that's normal. Which is such a weird thing once you wrap your head around it that, you know, we've detached ourselves so much from nature and are separating. Like we couldn't be further separated, you know? And might not to mention the effect of microplastics on our skin and the toxins, but also on the ocean. The study came out just in the New York Times past weekend that... Americans dump five times more than previously thought plastic into the ocean. We eat five grams of plastic per week, it says, on average. Trying to build a fabric that's alive, that's really a natural piece that's breathing. And, and that was the point of that is to show it's coming from the earth, you know, and like we can use technology that's been evolving for millions of years in, in that in and of itself rather than disconnecting ourselves from it and causing lots of downstream issues. Really, really stoked on just alpaca in, in the functionality of the fiber. Yeah. And obviously linking back into the, the people in Peru using the skills of the people right. who there the who have been doing that for a long time and bringing it all together. We think we have modern tech, just things figured out here because we have modern technology and it, 
I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, I mean, when you learn and you spend time with indigenous people and you see how they work in synergy with the environment, the the way that we've quantified resources in in a materialistic way versus what they consider to be so much more valuable community, you know, um, just like loyal trust, like all of these unbelievable things that are so embedded in, in those places I've, I've learned so much from and their family to me. So. And it's, I mean, it seems to me the, the, the kind of culture, the kind of society that's, involved with the alpacas they just fit with alpacas because alpacas the same kind of thing in terms of there's a special dynamic in the relationships there they evolved with them right for millions of years yeah. and, and it's crazy like we have such a different relationship with animals here in the u.s where like they're either pets or they're like domesticated cows you know that like we're farming and the alpacas down there are kin i mean they, they can't survive without them and they're treated as such yeah yeah. So what's the range of uh, products you, you're doing? You, obviously, the, the latest thing is the, the joggers. But With these joggers, we have fully outfitted someone head to toe, which I'm very proud of. So wow. like, Yeah, so the, from the socks with bam, blend with bamboo to the new joggers with the Breathe by Pack of Fabric to all of the different sweaters we make, each woman hand signs on the inside of the, the sweater, her signature is theirs, yeah. which is really Fantastic. cool. And then uh, some beanies too, so... Maybe we'll get into yeah. boxer briefs at some point, but working on some, some cool new <laughs> initiatives as well. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. So things are developing. Um, you've just done the joggers and, and, and launched those. And they're, they're still, where are they? A couple, couple of weeks? What do you mean? When you launched that? Oh, when that was last. The, this, the joggers. this was, uh, was only, Thursday. It's only a week? Oh, goodness me. Yes. Yeah, no, things are so recent and, and new, and um, it's been it's been amazing. Obviously, there's a little bit of noise right now in the U.S. with the election going yeah. on, but um, yeah, just a bit. But I'm really excited with this this timing um, going into the fall season in this initiative, um, and and hopefully reaching tons of people with not only PR and our natural audience, but also this alpaca tour, which I'm on with yeah. our two new alpacas to really meet people offline in such crazy times and spread love and positivity. And that's the whole point of this tour is just to start getting people to think about what they consume, whether it's food, clothing, and, and, and just know where it comes from. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be doing this um, tour and, and am I right? It's going to working down what, north to south, south to north. Which way are you going? North to south. The time the the fall temperature drop, right? So okay, good. That's a good we idea. Were, yeah, yeah. So we were in. I mean, it's still cold. It's gonna. We might get snow on this Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we are moving south. We're in Oregon, and uh, on tomorrow we're launching the whole tour, um, like on the website with the dates and people to be able to come out and sign up. We had alpaca yoga right. last weekend in Portland. Oh, fantastic! It was so yeah. fun. We've been doing fun photo shoots, going on hikes with the girls, and they're doing an amazing job. They're getting so comfortable with people. We're going out to farmers markets, little kids. You know, just it's it's so magnetic, and we get to get like people get to feel this this the net right underneath the neck where they're comfortable and feel how soft it is and we get to you know get people like what if you could wear that you know and like just to start getting um a little bit of buzz around around it so we're we're thinking how we can interface with as many people as possible and have genuine interactions 
Yeah, that's oh, really good. It's really good. Any other ideas you've got in terms of, of further developments of, of materials and, and clothing? You Lots. I, th- I somehow thought that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always on to the next thing. I mean, and what's kind of sure. cool right now is thinking even longer term um, with building, you know, uh, just sort, sorts of garments that have never been built before and using mm. alpaca to do so. Yeah. I mean, if you if you look at just all the different functions of it, from it being its water retention being eight percent, as other wools being sixteen percent, and in you know moisture not being able to grow on it, to its flame resistance, to like there's just so many crazy things about this fiber. Like I I know Dell was insulating the transportation of their electronics with alpaca at one given point in time. So like it's it, it has been known the science of the fiber, but it hasn't been so innovated with and i think we're going to start seeing especially with what's going on in china a shift to more products that bring us closer to the source of where they come from and i want to connect people to that not detach them from it and be as transparent as possible throughout the process yeah obviously with the pandemic it's a challenge to be traveling down to peru but but you've been, been spending yeah, quite I a can't. bit of time down there no you can't at the moment but you have been spending quite a bit of time down there yeah like i lived down there on the top of one of their houses for three months last year so i mean right. i i am fully on board when i'm down there and um it's become a really really awesome vibe with the women bringing their kids and us creating an ngo for them down there and um, now we'll be also be sending we, – we created an initiative for 2% of all revenues are going to send these Peruvian girls, high-achieving Peruvian girls in high school to continue their studies in university and finance their college. So we're trying to fully like t- just enable those amazing people to take on the life that they want. Now, the whole principle of empowering is, is so so vital – and you give in, you give it, you give enough help, then people can can help themselves. Well, exactly, and I think empowerment gets a bad rap because people say, like there there definitely is this whole thing where it's like you don't know what's best for them going down there, right? And like you, how, how dare you say you're empowering them? Um, I, all I think is that it's enabling. It's it's like a, the ability for someone to do what make the decisions they want with their life, and that's all. I'm, that's really all my focus is not to try to throw what I think is, is best at them, you know? Cause like this is, this is their heritage. It's their culture. And I'm just helping to bridge or create a bridge for them to access, you know, modern markets, um, and, and kind of think for their families and, and all of that. So, yeah. So in terms of volume of, of product that you're able to, to, to bring from Peru is, is that enough for the demand at the moment? Um, it is, we have, since I built this fully vertically, it's been a very difficult process. Also having bootstrapped it and not having taken investment to build out a supply chain that always has inventory in stock at our distribution center in the United States. And especially with fall being when we do 75% of our sales, it's always a difficulty as we scale and try to, you know, continue to really grow this fast. But, um, we are now working with mills and um, really creating better, more functional clothing, like these joggers, for instance, that can sit next to any pant, 
right on the shelf and just moder- or yeah. rival it in terms of only quality because at the end of the day, that's all anyone cares about is like how function, like how, how this product adds value to my life. They're not going to buy it because I would say less than 5% of people would ever buy it because of the imp- like em- empowerment or because of um, it helping the environment. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you just have to create something that's better. And that's where my yeah. focus has been in innovation sure. around the fabric. Yeah. So you said you, you've got a uh, background in terms of science. Was that also into the whole area of textiles and things as well? No, or that new it stuff? was neuroscience. <laughs> neuroscience, to- okay. They, totally yeah. different. I, uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, the way things develop? Totally different. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I definitely pay homage, though, to my focus on science for building this, right? Like, the, mm. of, the, of the fiber in and of itself. Yeah. No, that's, that's really but, good. Man, so talk to me about um, how we can brainstorm these events with alpacas and what you have. Like, you've probably brought your alpacas out to um, events before and, like, people. Yeah, mix, with mixed results. There are there are quite a lot of people in the UK who, who will take alpacas to various things, various shows or um, yep. into a, to a market type situation where people are able to, to come around. So you've got to find the right alpacas to do that with. Yes. Some of them are more just, they're just stressed by the whole thing. And I think that doesn't, that doesn't work. It doesn't work for anybody then, but some are incredibly <laughs> outgoing, really. It's amazing. Yeah. They love the stimulation of being, uh, of meeting new people in, in new situations. Right. And it just needs, it just needs managing. So, cause everyone wants to touch them. Everyone wants to give them a little poke. It's so, so true. You, so you, so you got to kind of manage that. You do. You have, I feel like I'm managing Justin Bieber when I go out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can't make it two blocks. And what's so interesting is like, they always need to visualize an escape, right. From people like they need yeah, to, yeah. like people yeah, surround them right. and yeah. then they get freaked out. And so I have to be sure. like, step back and form a line, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, it's, uh, it's been so, so great to kind of like learn what they're comfortable with and also yeah. comfortably push their boundaries. Right. Where it's not like sure. they're like, I mean, I think a little bit for, for humans too of exposure and getting out there. Sometimes you you just have to go outside or like get comfort isn't necessarily equal growth, right? In fact, discomfort a lot, does a lot of the time. And so um, doing something that has never been done before in a really conscious way with these alpacas has been my new life and I'm 100% in on it. We have a tour manager, Jake, who's incredible that has been helping all alpaca care um, and everything. And, and we've got a trailer that's sizable that they're also like live out of a couple nights. Um, and they've got like, we've added a couple horse mats for absorbing the shock with straw. And so they're really comfy. And then we have obviously a pop-up fence and stuff that extends out of it wherever we stop. And then we try to like kind of be stationary for four days out of the week. And then three the, those other days like weekends doing um events and whatnot and things yeah the the other thing is um people have done quite a bit of things working with groups of people who are coming from uh i'm not sure the terms would what they would be in in the u.s but people with special needs people who yeah no support emotional support and a llama emotional support, that's yeah. very very common yeah um and there's that be there are things that, that, events that, like that yeah i mean they they the alpacas and llamas will will pick up on on that, and and they behave differently. Is that a that's tr- that's proven? Like you've seen that? 
Yeah, well, certainly heard it reported. We we've had the alpacas do do tolerate things that they wouldn't normally. <laughs> and there was one one story I heard about a llama who, um, there there was uh, a youngster who had who was on the autistic spectrum, and he he wanted to to come and look at this alpaca. The, the I think it was no, it was a llama actually rather than an alpaca, and it was in the middle of a. There was a lot of people around. And it was away from the gate. It was away in the middle, stood there away, couldn't get, couldn't reach. Yep. And it, it came over and stood right next to the fence so that this child could actually touch the llama and, and stroke it. And it just stood there and just accepted being, you know, that physical interaction, not just being near, but actually the physical interaction. And then this this boy went off, and the, the the llama then moved back into the middle, away from all this crowd of people that were around. But there was a recognition of something different and a, a different d- different way of relation. It's, it's just amazing. Them. They're tuned into some different radio frequency, you know, like of, of, of yeah. vibrations of what's going on around them and like trying to yeah. get on their level and see what they're visualizing and, and stuff is so such a great brain exercise. It's like, yeah, it's, you I know. mean, they, they are very um, observant. They've got very good eyesight. Oh, so curious. Um, it's unreal. Yeah. But I've noticed, so they, they don't, they can't see at all really in the dark too well. You'd be surprised, really, or at least they're 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 not <laughs> I've, comfortable I've, in the dark. I've been no, they. I mean, it's it's very particularly if you turn up with a bright torch, head torch. It's, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit of a challenge. But yeah. but they do pick up things in the dark. I've I've been walking in the middle of the night when it's been really dark. I'm thinking, oh, what what has got on there? And there's the alarm cry's gone off, and they're, they're, they and they spotted a fox walking across through the field in the middle of the night. They, they are fascinating individually, yeah. but also fascinating as a group. The, the roles they fulfill they when they're heard, 100%. Yeah. Your incredible Alpaca Tribe podcast. I'm so thankful to uh, join this community of uh, people. And I would love to also, you know, create some sort of community with the products or getting people, you know, down connected in Peru if they ever want to go down there. Um, just really would love to be a, um, some sort of source. That's great. So what's the best way of people being in contact with you through the website, through yours? Yeah. Um, feel free to reach out to me personally. Um, my email is chris, K-R-I-S, at pacaapparel.com. Or you can just reach out through our website um, or Instagram, really whatever uh, you're using. But fully, fully here. To, and if you want to reach out to Steve, uh, he can definitely connect us as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks. So the details will be in the show notes and you'll be able to find that and make connections. Thanks again. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of whatever is going on. And of course, it's uh, an interesting time that we live in. <laughs> don't don't take a so, don't forget to take a second just to chill outside with your alpacas and abs- look up at yeah. the stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Take care. Then speak to you soon. Peace. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. 